Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I discuss this week's NXT, and we take an in-depth look with one of the hottest topics in the industry right now, the WWE creative process. NXT announced that one of their hottest feuds, Shayna Baszler and El Shirai, would take things to the next level in two weeks inside of a steel cage. We'll discuss why potential spoilers on social media are creating an issue for the brand. Plus, since the John Moxley interview with Chris Jericho dropped last week, all anyone has been talking about is his frustrations with the WWE creative process. Now Batista has weighed in on this issue coming off of his last run with the company. We'll tell you what he had to say and more right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Io Shirai and going to challenge Shayna Baszler for that NXT Women's Championship um, in two weeks in a steel cage. Now, it's funny, Bully, because I'm watching NXT last night, and I'm a big fan of Io Shirai. So I was actually going to tweet about Io. And then I go to Twitter... And as that announcement is being made, the taping of the cage match is taking place. So I, you know, I go to hashtag NXT and everybody's tweeting about the finish of the cage match. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, you you talk about deflating. Here I am watching a story being played out. And first of all, this cage match is being taped. It's not going to be next week. It's going to be two weeks from now. So now, not only do I know that the story is being played out over the next two weeks, but I now know the finish of the match. I mean, is there any solution to this? Because honestly, Bully, it's not as easy as saying, you know what, while I'm watching NXT, I'm not going to tweet. I'm going to put my phone away. But when it's out there, it's out there. I mean, this is really something that here in 2019 could be a major problem. It's But Dave, hasn't it really been a problem for a long time? Remember when Raw went live one night and then taped the following night's Raw the same night? Yeah. The following week's Raw? And then you'd find out what the, what the, you know, the spoilers were on the internet. I mean, this has been going on for a while. I think it's definitely um, a lot more of a problem. In 2019, with the speed of information with Twitter, just like you said last night, you 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 all of a sudden you look down and you're you're getting the results right there. This happens with any taped shows. 
I mean, Ring of Honor tape shows like months out and all of the results are up. And by the time you you see it on your TV, you know, they, they've probably had another pay-per-view by then. You know, Raw had to do it back in the day to save a buck. Uh, NXT probably has to do the same thing. They tape a bunch of shows. There's really no way around it. And honestly, the only way around it for the fan is to stay away from spoilers. But what makes this one even worse is even before Morrow made that announcement about the cage match, people were tweeting that the cage match was taking place. So now, before Morrow even has the opportunity to announce to the crowd that there's going to be a cage match, you already know there's going to be a cage match because some of the things that are being tweeted out, and it's the timing too. You're absolutely right, Bully. You know, sometimes with Raw, and we know from when they're overseas, they tape earlier in the day, and you have to stay away from social media. Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, for the most part, is taped. So, you you know, you, you have to find a way to kind of you know, sift through all that stuff. But the crazy thing about NXT is they do their tapings, Bully, the same night that their show airs, which is really unique and is a pain in the ass. So as you're watching the show and maybe want to tweet about the show, if you go to the hashtag NXT, you have people who are at the tapings, especially now that they're doing a lot of tapings at house shows. Now you're talking thousands of of people instead of hundreds of people. It, it's a major problem for NXT, and it it honestly ruined my experience watching that show last night. I, I, it, it really ruined it for you? Yeah, it did. Well, you get used to it because I don't think anything is going to change unless NXT was to go live every week. Don't necessarily see that happening. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not shocked. Um, we've been dealing with taping situations for a long, long time. As you said, modern day, when WWE goes to England, you got to stay away from it. So, yeah, they ruined the cage match for you last night, but that's just the way it's going to go, Dave. So, really, no, uh, I don't don't think there's a solution. The solution, go live every week. If you're live every week, you'll never have this problem. Is the fact that NXT is taped or Ring of Honor is taped, Impact Wrestling is taped, does that make you not want to watch the show? Knowing that there's a good opportunity that – reading a dirt sheet, or just being on Twitter every day, and you're going to find out these spoilers. And here's the thing. Like, most of the time when it's a dirt sheet, they'll say spoiler alert, even sometimes with tweets. But when you go to a hashtag for NXT and people are tweeting about the taping that's taking place, you know, for something that's going to be two weeks down the road, I'm wondering, forget about if it's ruining the experience, but do you just stay away? For, like, an NXT takeover... You could just watch TakeOver and not even watch the weekly show. And I'm just wondering if there's fans out there that don't watch the shows knowing that it's taped as opposed to being live. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, I just What I do know is it is as impossible as it's ever been to stay away from spoilers because you basically can't go on your phone or social media without coming across something. You basically have to leave your phone by its side not pick it up not click on you know not click on social media and i think clicking on social media has become uh the you know such the norm every day wake up you know wash your face brush your teeth check your twitter yep you're right and and that's just the way it goes it's become the news that's where we you know back in the day we used to wake up in the morning and go to work and buy a newspaper and read the newspaper. Or you would wake up, make breakfast for your children and watch the news. Now people wake up and they immediately turn on Twitter. Alex, God, what do you got over there? 
You know who else has this issue? C- uh, stand-up comedians. The comedy, like, they've been having these issues with people taping, you know, sets that they're doing at some, you know, dingy club somewhere, putting it on social media, and then these jokes that stand-up comedians are working on in these clubs to try and get ready for their Netflix special or, you know, for their HBO special or whatever, their tour they're doing, where they're going to hit all the big arenas. The whole thing gets spoiled online because people film it in the clubs. So what they started doing is they created these, like, they're almost like pouches that they'll put in the club and when you come in you sign an NDA that says you can't talk about or tweet about you know the show or what you saw or any video and you put your phone in this pouch that seals and the only people that can unlock it are the people that work at the venue after the show is over wow I never even heard of that I wonder if they could do that at at an NXT taping but at WWE probably wants the social media interaction you know what I mean it's a double you're right it's it's a double edged sword because you know you're gonna get the spoilers out there but yeah, you're right. I, you know what? I noticed it too, Bully. I was I was at a baseball game this past weekend, and you know, there's been a lot of controversy about foul balls, and I understand why, where people could get injured from foul balls. What I noticed that there's foul balls, and I was just watching. You know, back in the day, if you went to a Yankee game and there was a foul ball, everybody'd be trying to catch the foul ball. Everyone's trying to grab to catch the foul ball. People don't pay attention anymore. It's a foul ball. The people get hit by a foul. They're on their phones. They're not even watching the game. They're they're staring at their phone. Like the you're right. The phone has become such a part of your life. I don't know if I. It might sway people from not going to a taping of of an NXT show if they know they got to give up their phone for three hours. I mean, the the, the cell phone um, problem is more than at just a baseball game or a wrestling event. I mean, you have people looking down at their cell phones while they're driving in the left lane at 65, 70 miles yeah. an hour. You know, it, it's a huge problem. But you're right. You know, just people are looking down. Walk down the street. Listen, we're in New York City. You walk down the street in New York City. What does everybody do? Looking down. You used to look up to watch where you're walking. Now everybody's looking down at their phones. Um, Getting back to the spoilers, you know, you said that uh, um, like the WWE or wrestling companies, they actually like it because they like the social media interaction. And if it's going to be spoiled anyway, why not spoil it yourself? I remember when Kiss started their end of the world tour this year, me and Velvet are like, we're staying off of of social media. We're not going to, you know, uh, I don't want to know what the set list is. I don't know. I don't want to know what the stage looks like. I want to be surprised and shocked when I get there. But then it's like there's there's hundreds of different um, videos posted of what the set list is and what the staging look like. And it's Kiss releasing all the videos so it's almost impossible for you not to see it you know and i have a big i'm i have a big problem with spoilers in the wrestling business like i have a major problem with it and i and i guess i've kind of uh made a compromise within myself like if a show is taped and and uh and an internet site wants to tell you okay here's the results from the show that was taped well, I guess you can really find that anywhere these days. It's when it's when like internet internet sites go out of their way to truly spoil things for you, like surprises or people that are backstage. Um, those are the spoilers that I can't stand. And you know what, bully? I think there's a, a an audience, and not just a small audience. I think there's a large audience that wants to know those spoilers. I think there are people that go to the dirt sheets or 
or you know, go on social media. Hey, Impact Wrestling is having a taping. They want to know what happened at those tapings because, in a lot of ways, that's saving you know saving the time of having to watch the show. I don't but, need to spend but, well, yeah, two hours. Stop, stop, and 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 there's the problem. Yep. You, it's gonna save me the time of having to watch the show. Would you ever? Would you ever? Twenty years ago, want to save the time and not watch Monday Night Raw? Of course not. So then, why would you want to do it now? The whole idea is to watch the show because if one, if 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 more people were watching any one particular show, shows wouldn't have the problems that they're having. You take Impact for example. They're they're on a channel right now that basically nobody you know nobody gets nobody knows about. Why have they been relegated to that station? Shouldn't more people be watching their product? So like th- that that to me is a bad example, Dave, because you want people to I know. watch the shows. And this is this is what Fox is basically demanding of the WWE: absolute must see appointment TV on Friday nights. You have to be in front of your TV on Friday nights to watch SmackDown because if you ain't watching it live, basically you ain't watching it. Yeah, I, I, this, I think this is a fascinating discussion because it really hit home for me when I was watching NXT last night because I do my best with Impact Wrestling, with MLW, with Ring of Honor just to completely stay away from spoilers. And for the most part, I've been able to do it. But last night while watching NXT, it was like a punch right to the gut. Everything that I was watching didn't necessarily have to mean I had to watch it because I already knew what was going to take a place two weeks down the road. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. Now, it's one thing for for me to come on the air and talk about creative. And, and Bully, obviously, you being a large part of the WWE for many years. But somebody who was just involved with the WWE sat down with Ryan Sat in a pro wrestling sheet. And that's Dave Batista. And obviously, Dave Batista had a big match at WrestleMania 35 with Triple H returning to the WWE after having a main event match at WrestleMania 30 with Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan. And he was asked about the creative process. And Alex Metz, our producer, I believe you have that quote from Dave Batista. Yeah, Dave said the following uh, when asked about his issues with the creative process currently in the WWE. The creative process, I still don't get. It was a nightmare to me the last time I was there, which was in 2014, and it seems like it's become worse. They're just... I feel like they don't have a clear vision, a long-term vision. Everything is week to week, and it doesn't seem like they stick to a plan very much. I don't think that guys... I'm going to steal this from somebody, but Jericho pointed out something to me that makes complete sense. And he said that John Cena is the last guy. He's the last guy who's going to be over like he is, and it's because the performers now, they're limited. Their hands are tied. They can't go to war like we used to. We used to go to war and beat the crap out of each other, and it earned a level of respect from the people. And it was just like a different. Uh, and it was just like a different level of respect. It was a different level of getting over. We had more freedom. We could be more full of piss and vinegar, and we could be more on the edge. And the guys are just not given that freedom anymore. Wow. Dave. Dave. Yeah. Sound familiar? Yeah. It sounds 
like a lot of what you say week to week when we talk about the creative process with the WWE. It's it's exactly right. I t- yesterday, I think we talked about how wrestling normally in the past was booked in reverse. Now it's booked week to week. Never used to be like that. Too many people. Not a clear-cut uh, vision. Cena, last of the Mohicans. So Batista has been there for a while. Jericho's been there for a while. I was there for a while. You have three veterans all saying the same thing. It's got to, it, if we were in a court of law, we would we would basically be called expert witnesses. Yes, and our testimony carries a lot of weight. Ha ha ha! Enter weight joke. Let's break this down because I think down. that qu- I think that quote is very telling. And the first thing he said right at the beginning when he answered that question. He said the creative process, and he said nightmare. And he was referring to 2014, Bully. Think about it. I think creatively, as we were getting closer to WrestleMania 30, was a lot better than the creative process that we see now in 2019. And he was comparing what was going on in 2014 as a nightmare. It's worse now, five years later. Then he talked about right now, and he talked about not having a clear vision, not thinking long-term, like you were saying, he used to go in reverse, not thinking long-term when it comes to storylines. As we always say, Bully, on this show, not connecting the dots, no continuity. Why? Because as Dave Batista said, because they do everything week to week. So something that they may have come up with weeks ago, they might throw to the wayside because their booking has become week to week. And then something that was a big topic on our show yesterday was about the lack of superstars. And he mentioned, just like you always do, about John Cena bully. And that he is like, as you said, the last of the Mohegans. We're never going to get that superstar like a John Cena. Then he talked about the current roster and how they're limited. And he brings up this keyword and it comes... Time and time again, the key word is freedom and how the wrestlers don't have the freedom. Did Nightmare. he also mention getting over? I don't know if he mentioned did he, the- did he say the word get over? Can't get over? Can't get over. There you go. It's, and I've told you this story based on firsthand accounts. Attitude era Dudleys, basically do whatever the hell you want. Dudley's back in 2015. So I'm, my account of the situation is one year after Dave was there. And what I went through, I can I can tell you that what Dave is saying is 1,000% accurate. For years, I heard stories about how the guys and the gals in WWE couldn't get over. And then I got back there, and I was like, wow, they've handcuffed everybody. Strictly what comes out of creative is what's done. And I don't think that that's ever the recipe for success. As a wrestler, you're a creative artist. Nobody knows how to be you better than you know how to be you. So it should be a collaboration between said wrestler and said uh, creative member. That's the way it used to be. You think people hand? You think people handed Rocky a piece of paper? Rocky collaborated with Brian Gewertz on everything. Collaborative effort between a talent and a writer. Austin say in everything. 
Hey, Hardy's Dudley's Edging Christian, a lot of say in what we did. McFoley, a lot of say in what he did. They listened. No more listening. It's the way that they want it done now. They are breeding a generation of wrestlers who are going to do what they are told. But why, Bully? Like, like because I understand, like, they, they, right, this is what they want to do. This is, you know, this is their benchmark now. But I think you would agree a big reason why the WWE is as big as it is globally is because of the things in the decades of the past. Why would you just completely change things? Like, I'm wondering, Bully, and this may sound like a ridiculous question, how successful would Raw and SmackDown be if this was new, if this didn't have the history behind it, if it didn't have the, the memories of and or, or the necessity watch because it's kind of built in to watch Raw every Monday. If this was a new show, would this be a show that people would want to watch? Or is the success of this company based on everything that's happened prior to them going with the way they do things now? Um, I think history speaks for itself. You tell me when the company was cool and successful as compared to now. Is the, is the company cool right now? No. Is the company successful right now? It is successful. Correct. Was it cool back then? Yes. Was it successful back then? It was both. So they're losing their coolness factor. They're losing their edge. Why are they losing their edge? Because they don't have those megastars anymore. This, like I said, I always try to compare apples to apples, especially when it comes to the WWE. What has worked in the past and what is not working now and why? They want the letters WWE to be the reason why you come to a WWE event. They don't want you to come to the WWE event just to see Seth Rollins. Then Seth is bigger than the company. They don't want you to come there just to see Becky Lynch. Becky is bigger than the company. Roman, Charlotte, nobody will ever become bigger than the company again. Because if you become bigger than the company, you can say no. Hey, Rocky, you want to come back to this year's WrestleMania? Nah, I'm not feeling creative, Vince. Thank you, but no thank you. John, we're going to Saudi Arabia. You want to go? No, I don't like the political atmosphere there. I'm not going to go. Hey, Daniel Bryan, you coming to South? Uh, you coming to Jeddah? Well, John ain't going. I feel the same way he does. I ain't going. Sammy, nope, I ain't going. Kevin, uh, Sammy's my friend. If he don't want to go, I don't want to go. Hey, what the hell's going on here? Everybody's saying no. They don't want that. Do your higher ups want you saying no, Dave? No, of course not. Exactly. For the longest time, the boys have had, dude, guys like X-Pac and Road Dogg and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash and Razor Ramon, all those guys, that's all they said was no. That's how they got so over. Squeaky wheels got the oil. They don't want any squeaky wheels no more. You know what they do to squeaky wheels now? They change them. Is this going to be... Let me ask you this. With the way things are going, with the ratings and the subscriptions to the network, do you think this will change? Because I, I think a lot of fans would say that this isn't working the way. It, I mean, if, if Becky Lynch never got that punch in the face from Nia Jax, Dave, that would completely oh, change the way we looked at that main event at WrestleMania 35. Dave, 
WWE answers to its investors and to its advertisers. The only thing that's going to make things change is significant drops in stock, reported quarterly losses in dividends, network subscriptions going down, ratings going down, and competition. We've talked about the competition that AEW has currently brought to the table. How has AEW been able to compete with the WWE so far? Financially, WWE wanted Kenny Omega. Kenny went to AEW. WWE wanted the Bucks. The Bucks went to AEW. They wanted Hangman Page. Hangman went to AEW. They're losing the financial battle right now to, to talent. Dean wouldn't even look at his contract. And I bet you there was a hell of a lot of money. I bet you it was a really big number, Dave. Guaranteed seven, seven figures. If he wasn't making seven figures already. They're, 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 they're losing little battles right now. Cracks in the wall. Little but, battles are going to turn into big battles. But let me ask you this. Are they really losing those battles? Because you say, all right, you know, Dean Ambrose didn't want to sign. He didn't even look at the contract. He's like, I'm out of here. You know, they want the Kenny Omega. But you know what? Kenny Omega's like, it doesn't fit. It's not a good fit for me. I'm going with AEW. You know, the Bucks all down the line. But the way that the WWE is doing business right now, do they even care about that? I mean, my God, if they had Kenny Omega in the WWE, they call him the cleaner because because he would have a mop with them and or a squeegee. Like, they have, they does it have matter to... about what talent you miss out on? Is if when they come to your company, you're going to change them anyway? They have every right to change a talent into what they want them to. But they never changed AJ Styles. They would be foolish to change a guy like Kenny Omega. They'd be foolish to change guys like the Bucks. And I guarantee you, if they ever got into heavy negotiations, those changes would never be made. The same way we told WWE, you can't make any Dudleys without without me and Devon's consent. Otherwise, it would have been 900 Dudleys. Ha, ha, ha. Let's just make him a Dudley, pal. Put some stupid glasses and a tie-dye on him. It's a good, um, there's two sides to the story. You're right. Um, the, the, WWE is losing mini battles right now. I mean, come on, man. Who doesn't even look at their contract? You know it's going to be a monster number, and you don't even look at it? Old school wrestlers would tell Dean he's nuts. Guys like Kevin and, 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 and Scott and Razor, uh, you know, whatever, they'd be like, how come you didn't look at your contract? That would have been a perfect negotiating tool against AEW. Because if WWE offered you a million, you could have turned around to AEW and said, hey, man, I'm getting a million here. I need two million from you. He didn't even want to look at it. That's how bad he wanted out. He didn't even want to be tempted. That's how bad he wanted out. It's almost like a person who's recovering from alcoholism who doesn't want to drive past a bar just because they don't want the temptation. They'll go around the block and out of the way. When have you ever heard of a talent not even looking at a WWE contract because they wanted out so bad? Never heard of it before Dean Ambrose. There you go. That's some telling shit right there, Dave.
If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. They're called WWE superstars, but how many superstars are there really in the WWE right now? And are we ever going to get that face of the franchise? It's also a question that was brought up to John Cena recently at BookCon 2019. That's right, BookCon 2019, where John Cena was on a panel and he was promoting his children's book, Elbow Grease. And he was asked about who's the next face of the WWE. I think the dynamic of the program is changing. For the longest time, I think if you consider WWE a band, there's been one front person of the band. I think that dynamic is changing, and it's because the audience is too diverse. I think older males are watching it, younger kids are watching it, females are watching it. The audience is so diverse, so with a diverse audience, it's tough to universally please someone. In the 80s, you had a family-oriented program and Hulk Hogan was the front man. In the 90s, you had 18 to 35-year-old males. In come Steve Austin and Dwayne Johnson because they hit right down that wheelhouse. And then there was me, but even myself, as you know, went through a polarizing stage where half the audience likes you and half the audience doesn't. So I don't think there's a universal figure that will lead the company forward. I think as the company grows and especially expands globally, you're going to have like a super friends of the WWE, which is like people who are essentially fighting for equal share of popularity. I think the, the band essentially will now have 10 lead singers of every different race, creed, color, sex, ethnicity. So I, w- I believe that I was kind of the last of, of that. And I think the, the landscape has changed so much that it's more of a group effort rather than an individual effort. What do you think of John Cena's super friends as far as the front man, or I guess 10 front men, if you will, of the band, uh, when it comes to, hey, the product is so diverse right now, it's almost impossible to have one leader of the band. First things first, I've been saying John Cena is the last for how long now, Dave? Uh, quite some time. For- and, now, and now we're just hearing him admitting that he's the last. Yes, just want, just want to throw. This is not about. Hey, I told you so. But I'm just saying, if if a guy that's been around is giving you information based on firsthand experience, it's probably true. John is the last. As far as the super friends comment, that's what I said earlier about Seth, Becky, Charlotte, and Roman. They're your super friends. I don't think you need any more than that. Two strong men, two strong women. And then everybody else falls into place. He talks about how the audience is more diverse now. I don't know about that. Dave, when has the WWE audience not been diverse? Uh, I will say this. There's been eras where they probably had more of a popularity with a certain age group. But I think it's always for the most part, appeal to every age group, if that makes sense. Like, like in the mid-80s, I would say the WWF was geared towards a younger generation, 
kids and there was a lot of kids watching, but I don't think that meant that everybody stopped watching. When it comes to the Attitude Era, was it more geared towards 18 to 35-year-olds? Absolutely. But I still think other age groups watch, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's. I think it's always been diverse. Of, of, of religion, of color, creed. Oh, that, absolutely, it's always been diverse, yes. It's it's always been diverse. Maybe they don't want to hook their, you know, hook the wagon up to a, a one specific color. Is that, is, is that what he means? Well, I think or he's... Or one paci- specific gender? It's like one of the reasons Rocky works so well. You know, especially when it came to color. Well, Rocky's... White, Rocky's black, Rocky's Samoan. Rocky was a hodgepodge of many different things, and everybody could relate to him as far as ethnic background, correct? Yeah, but I think let's well, let's use your example here. Let's use the Attitude Era, okay? Um, Stone Cold was extremely over in the Attitude Era. So was The Rock. So was Lita. Like I think you're, I think you're that Super Friends comments. I I think you could relate that to any era but usually there's going to be one one kind of leader of the pack so to speak so you have Lita you have Stone Cold Steve Austin you have The Rock you have the Dudleys you have Matt and Jeff but then there's going to be one above everybody else I think you could say that about the 80s with Hogan Hogan was on top he was your champion he was the but there was other people that the fans were attracted to it wasn't I, just all it wasn't just all Hogan I look at Hogan more as a super friends character Hulk Hogan was a superhero back in the day but you still had Randy Savage you still had Jimmy Snuka yeah, you still had Roddy life, Piper yeah, Junkyard Dog they all like superheroes Big fan of the Hall of uh, the Hall of Justice, is, Hall of Justice, and the Legion of Doom. Yes. Um, with Austin, Austin had something that a lot of people of today don't necessarily have, and that's relatability. Wrestling today is all about relatability. Who did not want to drink a beer? And flip off their boss. Everybody wanted to do that. Everybody. And that's why Austin was so over. Today it's about relatability. And I think it's especially like different body types and, you know, um, characters. When you look like a guy like a Kevin Owens, not a traditional body type, right? Mm -hmm. You'd say that there there are fans who can look at Kevin Owens and relate to him and go, hey, man, I, I don't exactly have muscles or abs, but if Kevin can do it, I can do it. You know, you look like a smaller guy, like a Daniel Bryan. Hey, I'm not a big dude. Daniel Bryan's not a big dude, but he became the world heavyweight champion. If he could do it, I could do it. It's all about that relatability factor. Who has that relatability factor? Right now? I can't think of anybody on the roster right now. I mean, it's hard to find that same relatability factor. Because if it's not about a coolness factor, it's about a relatability factor. So who is the cool kid or the relatable kid in the WWE? 
I'm sure we could sit here and we can go down the roster and say this person is either cool or relatable, but not as cool or as relatable as the people in the past. Because they're not being pushed like that. I mean, I, Dave, I, I get, I'm not blaming the guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, the Attitude Era, like you could say that, all right, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the face of the Attitude Era, but was he really? When you have The Rock, you have Mick Foley, you have The Undertaker for crying out loud. Steve was bigger Lita. than all of them. All right. Steve was bigger than all of okay, them. Okay, and the and you could say that about Hogan in the mid-80s, too. Correct. All right, because there was Stone Cold is who attracted most of the fans, and like you said, was that personality that you were attracted to and that relatability factor. Well, you could do that now. I mean, you. I mean, you. I would think that you want to... You, you call them superstars for crying out loud. You know, they're not called pro wrestlers in the WWE. They're called superstars. Who on the roster is a superstar? They Seriously. Tr- Dave, I always go back to these moments, and I talked yesterday and I spoke a little bit today about those Austin-esque moments, moments that take people to the next level, uh, propel them into the stratosphere. They've given them to Braun Strowman. Why haven't they given them to Seth Rollins? Why haven't they given them to Becky Lynch? They're not the same moments that these stars from the past have gotten. Vince has dumped a gazillion dollars into um, a Braun pushing over dump trucks and and limos and this and that. That's all of the same thing, the same stunts they used to do with Steve. They were trying to propel this guy into the next stratosphere. I know he had an injury. But the, I'm, I'm sorry, you said the injury, but you put all that time and effort in. You know, he's in he's in the Battle Royal in the pre-show at WrestleMania 35. My point is they're trying with Braun. Why aren't they trying with these others? I, I haven't seen... I, I don't know when I've... The, the most memorable moment for me with Seth Rollins is his cashing in of the briefcase. Yes. That's what comes to mind. Not him beating Brock this year. The cashing in of the briefcase to win the championship. That was Seth's moment to me. I want some more Seth moments. I want Seth... I, I want Seth to get the Steve push. Well, I mean, judging from the comments from John Cena, I don't know if anybody's ever going to get the this, this Stone Cold Steve Austin push. Well, that, that's what I'd like to see for the people who are deserving of it and who have earned it. I want to see the Steve Rock push for, for, uh, for, for Seth and for Becky and for all of these people who are there. They're right there. They're already, they're at the top of the mountain. If they can't, they, they need that extra little boost to touch the tippy top. Get behind them. Give them that shove. Give them the rub any way you possibly can. You want to bring in a Goldberg? Good, have Seth beat Goldberg. Uh, uh, I'm spitballing here. No, no. I, I, listen, I, I think where we are because we're trying to figure something out. Where it's when you have a date, when you have John Cena saying there's no more faces of the franchise, it's all super friends, and you have Dave Batista who's had his last math match two months ago. This isn't like somebody who retired 25 years ago. This is a guy who was just in WrestleMania 35 saying that the creative process is a nightmare and it's getting worse. There's no next level in the WWE. The top people in the WWE right now have nothing to work up to. There's no next level. There's no megastars. 
back in the day, stars had megastars to work up to. Now every star has is at their plateau. Who is Charlotte Flair going to work with to make her better? Nobody. There's nobody better than her. If you want Charlotte Flair to get better in the ring, have her start working with men. Uh, obviously, it's not going to happen. I'm just saying. Who is Seth going to work with to be better? You know who you got to get Seth in the ring with? Randy. Randy's the only one there that can make any of these guys better. Randy can make Seth better. Randy can make um, um, uh, Roman better. AJ can make people better. But who's going to? He'll make them better in the. They'll make them better in the ring. As far as wrestlers are concerned, but when it comes to character and personality and those, got nothing to bounce off of. It's 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 tough, Dave. It, when I was in, I'm just real quick. When I was in TNA and I got to do the with the the angle with Hogan and Sting. Yep, I was salivating. You know why? I got to be better. I got to be in the ring with guys that were better than me, bigger personality, bigger characters. I finally had something to work back up to. If I'm a top dog in WWE, I don't know who I have to look up to, work up to. Maybe I have to beg Vince to get into an angle with me. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.